My name is Brenda Story. I'm the children and family pastor, and I am excited to bring you the message for the beginning of our Holy Week. And as we were thinking about uh, this song, I want to just pause for a minute and make us have us realize something. Holy Week um, is the time when we celebrate the passion of Christ, as Pastor Tim talked about. But what is so bizarre and interesting is that Holy Week begins with a parade in Jesus's honor. A parade in his honor and within days his execution. A crowd of people shouting, Hosanna, save us. You are our king. And then Within a few days, a lot of that same crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. I find that to be a, a strange thing to think about. It is a strange narrative story to enter into Holy Week. Especially, um, it's helpful for us because we know Easter is coming. And the resurrection of the executed Lord will happen. But during this week, it's good for us to take some time to think about the sacrifice that Jesus made. And so I pray as we look at this story that our hearts will be transformed. And we'll be able to see God in a greater way. So be with us, God, as we look at your story. Amen. Well, this awkward truth about the crowd, I think, can help us to see, see some things. The crowd can teach us about ourselves, and it can teach us about God. Now, what first can it say about us and what we can be like? Well, I think it's obvious, probably, the first one is that we can be fickle. We can be fickle. The crowd was there because they had heard some of them had seen the resurrection of Lazarus. Some of them, most of them had heard all of the incredible things that Jesus had done. He was healing those who were blind. He was welcoming the poor into the temple area. He was healing the, those that were lame. He was forgiving sins. He was welcoming children into his arms and women beside his feet to learn. He was doing incredible things. And all of those things pointed to God. So the people said, this must be the king. And know that the palm branches were from their um, folk history of when um, a leader had come into Jerusalem who had won the city back for the Israelites. And as he was coming into the city to be the king and to reign for over a hundred years, his family, and to give them peace, they had waved palm branches. So it fits that they're waving their palm branches because they're seeing this king that they want. But then within a few days, they're calling for his crucifixion. So what does that say to us? 
Well, I think that they wanted him to fix what they perceived as the problem, which was Rome. And, but God wanted to go beyond that. God has something else in mind. And I think that we need to realize that we can sometimes be asking God to fix things and we have the answer that we have, want him to, to give us. And that can make us a little fickle. The other part about ourselves that we can see in this crowd, possibly, or that we need to be aware of, is that this crowd was short-sighted. I don't think they saw the big picture. They were seeing their immediate need and expecting God to respond to it in their way. They had expectations of what God should do for them. N.T. Wright called it a mismatch between their expectations and God's answers. I wonder if we do that. I know that I do. I mean, in the COVID-19 crisis, I have to say I don't think very many people whether they believe in God or not, are being fickle in their search. I think COVID-19 has created a situation where we're all asking the big questions, like what is this life really all about? For some, they are not doing any work. They've been laid off. For for others, they're, they're wondering about their relationships and how, they spend, how we spend our time. And, and then, of course, you can't help but think about death and, and what that means for us. So they're not fickle things that we're thinking about, so to speak, or even short-sighted, I guess I should say. They're not short, those aren't short-sighted questions. Those are good questions. But are we bringing our own expectations into what we're asking God to show us even? Should God fix our 401k? Now I know that God wants to give us hope and a future. But we can't assume that we know what that might look like. And so it can leave us fickle and short-sighted as the crowd was. When, when Jesus didn't respond the way that they, they thought he would, when he didn't come in and take over the problem the way they thought he should, they turned. Or it's possible that when the pressure came to, um, from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the rulers of the church, when that pressure came and they were going to have to make a sacrifice to follow this king, they weren't willing to make it. And Jesus said, you, you will have to pick up your cross and follow me if you are my disciple. And I have to admit at times that has made me fickle. Well, if... 
if this story teaches us about ourselves a little bit and, and the things that we could run into, and, and, and I'd like to say that even if you're not a follower of Jesus, these can both be problems. You can be looking at God in a short-sighted way or in, or in a way that is, is just meeting your immediate need when God wants so much more for all of us. But if, if we're looking at ourselves, what can this story tell us about God? Well, it, it's a beautiful thing. And if you have your fill-ins, you can fill this in. Um, I want to make sure you get it. What it tells us about God is that he accepts the crowd and agrees to answer them. He accepts them. You see, Jesus was very familiar with fickle crowds. He, he had experienced that all through his ministry. People that were coming to him for all the wrong reasons. And you know what? Jesus didn't care in the sense that he did care that they were being fickle, but he accepted them right where they are and, and challenged and invited them to come into something greater for their life. It's beautiful to see. One of the scriptures that we have, and I'm going to make sure they go on Facebook on the comments, all of these scriptures that are added, um, that have stories, I'll make sure and put those in the comments for those of you who don't have message notes. But Jesus said in one, in, in one instance when he was talking about the crowd that had been fed, he said, Jesus answered, or we're hoping to be fed, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, in other words, all the things that should point to the Messiah, and a bigger picture. But because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils. But for, but for food that endures to eternal life. Which the son of man will give you. Jesus wanted so much more for them. He wanted wholeness. He accepts us right where we are. But he doesn't leave us there. If we allow him to come in and change our life. Now. Another um, thing that I want to point out, another story, and I'll make sure that it gets up on Facebook Live so you can see it later and read it if you want, is that right after this parade, we need to realize that um, Jesus was coming to show us the way to be our sacrifice. He was also coming to examine his church and to make correction because he's the king of the church. And the next day after this parade, Jesus went into the temple and he did not like what he saw. It is called oftentimes in our Bibles, the cleansing of the temple. Basically, Jesus saw that they were, there was a marketplace in the area of the temple that was supposed to be a place for the prayer for the nations. Now listen to me very carefully. He was mad about the unfair practices of the merchants, for sure. But he goes on to say in John 4, he says, oh, no, I'm sorry, I don't have the scripture for it. I'll make sure and get it for you. He said, he, what he says to them is he clears them out and he's saying, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. And you've made it into a den of robbers. You see, there was a place in the temple area for the God of Israel where anyone could come and pray. 
If you were a Samaritan, if you were a Greek, all were allowed to pray at this place. And Jesus was upset that it was no longer available, and the church did not care. It helps us with our next story that I want to share with you. It was when Jesus was coming um, into the area of Samaria. This was an area uh, that Jewish people didn't walk into. They didn't like Samaritans. They had had a long-standing um, conflict with them over religion practices. But Jesus wanted to bring God to them. He accepted them right where they were. Well, the beautiful thing is he met a woman there at a well. And it was in the middle of the day because, you see, this woman that he met there was someone that had um, committed much sin in her community and had really wrecked many homes with adultery. And so she couldn't come when it was a, a, the regular time to get her water. She had to come at noonday. And Jesus wanted to give her, metaphorically, he said, I want to give you water that will well up in your soul. And Jesus, Jesus wants that for us. Maybe today you're searching for faith and you're angry you, at God. You know, if there is a God, what in the heck is going on with COVID-19? Maybe you're fearful, afraid. God accepts that. Just like he accepted this woman, she began to talk to him about religion and Jesus wanted to talk to him to her about a relationship and the love that he had for her. He wanted to tell her, look, I, God who created you, forgives you for your sin. And when she can receive that forgiveness from this God who accept her, accepted her, she could go into that village and she could begin to redeem relationships. She could ask for forgiveness with the courage of knowing that her creator God forgives her. How beautiful is that? Jesus said, um, when, he, when, she said I, when he said, I can give you water to drink. And she says, you don't even have a bucket. You see, she's still not hearing. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. The water in the well you're speaking of. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus wanted that for her. He wanted it for the crowd. And so when the crowd was calling him king, he said, of course I'll be your king. I'll be your servant king. And I'll bring you, I'll bring you what you need. He didn't turn from them because they were fickle. He didn't turn from them because they didn't understand. He accepted them right where they are. And that's the kind of God we have as we head into Holy Week and head into Easter. It also made me think of one final story. And that comes out of John 23. There was one who, who did 
wasn't short-sighted. He saw the big picture. And that happened to be one of the men that was being crucified with, with Jesus. When Jesus was being crucified, there was a criminal on each side um, being executed as well. And just listen to um, what was recorded about their conversation. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't fear God. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then the criminal turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When you come into your kingdom, a man dying on a cross is looking at a sign that says, King of the Jews above the cross, and he believes it. He believes that this is the king dying for our sins. That's incredible because the criminal gets the big picture and he wants it all for himself. And Jesus doesn't wait until the criminal gets his act together. Because all that matters to be received by the king is to say yes to his love, not to be perfected. That's something to say. Hosanna in the highest too, isn't it? I'm glad that we know the rest of the story and, and we can have our faith strong today. So let us go in the encouragement of knowing that even though we can be fickle, even though we can be short-sighted, even though we don't always get it, that our king accepts us. Our king is our friend, Lord, and gives us eternal life in spite of ourselves. That's, that's what deserves a hallelujah. Let's sing together.